Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Rich Lee from Tap Into Greater Olean, and welcome to um, a special summer podcast for, um, you know, off of our regular weekly series, but, you know, we do have some sporadically during the summer, and I'm pleased today to be joined by um, Giles Boothway, who teaches in the business school at St. Bonaventure University. Giles, you know, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. Okay. And, uh, you know, you do teach in the business world, St. Bonaventure, but we're going to have you on in a different capacity as, you know, folks might have guessed from your um, from your you know, conversation, from your voice there that you um, are from Great Britain and there's a story in Great Britain, which is actually a big, you know, story over here in the U.S. and all over the world. And, you know, that's the, the royal wedding. And But, you know, maybe before we get into that, uh, and I probably should know this, I just want to talk about your connection to Great Britain. You're still a British citizen, aren't you? Yes, I am. I became a U.S. citizen a few years ago, but I've lived in the United States now for, oh, nearly 30 years um, in Chicago, in, in Rhode Island. In the last 20 years, I've been here teaching at St. Bonaventure University. But I go back to Britain to see my mother twice a year, and then I, uh, I teach in the summer at Oxford University. So uh, I, I get back a lot, and I follow the news in Britain. Yes, I know, and you know, we've um, had an opportunity to spend some time in Oxford together, and um, I, you know, enjoy your company over there as I do it here. Now, you grew up in Great Britain. Or... So, sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Um, um, did, did you? Um, you grew up in Great Britain, is that correct? Yes, um, I was actually born in Germany, but when my parents, uh, when I was a year old, my parents moved over to the United Kingdom, and I uh, spent all ages one to. Oh, I think uh, probably until I, I came to the United States when I was 26 years old. Uh, I went to university in Scotland, and uh, so and I, my first two years of working were in, in the United Kingdom. So, uh, and I still, have, of course, have many, many friends there. Right. Okay. Well, well since you do, um, I mean, you live here, but as I said, you keep up on things in the United Kingdom. Let's, um, let's turn to the royal wedding. And one thing that struck me, I'd be interested in getting your perspective on, when you look at it in the news here, it's being treated strictly pretty much as a celebrity entertainment sort of event. Is it viewed the same way by people in the United Kingdom, or do they you know, take it a bit more seriously? And not that we're not taking it seriously here, but um, as I said, do they look beyond the celebrity entertainment you know, part of the royal wedding? Well, I think it's more a spectacle, really. I mean, the first uh, big royal wedding that we had in living memory with Charles and Diana, and that indeed was uh, a very big spectacle. And, of course, the, uh, uh, the royal family knows how to put on a show. And uh, the Charles and Diana wedding was just such a big thing that uh, the next royal wedding, I think it was Prince Andrew, was also uh, uh, another spectacle. The British public got a taste for it. Uh, and then, of course, when uh, William married, we had the same thing. So I think it's uh, it, it is entertainment. I don't think so much the uh, the celebrity aspect. Of course, some celebrities are going to be invited, um, but I think it, it, they 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 like it for its show value. And the royal family, of course, are I believe very popular in in the United Kingdom. So it's something that sort of galvanizes interest and curiosity. Were you in the United Kingdom when um, Charles and Diana got married? Yes, I certainly was. Uh, I remember it very well, actually. Uh, I uh, watched it on television with my parents uh, in the morning. And uh, I actually went up to London. My parents live uh, in the suburb, or my parents lived in the suburb of Wimbledon. 
And uh, I remember going up to uh, central London that evening to go to the theatre. And you could literally see the the the, uh, the remnants of the crowd, and they were just cl- cleaning up the uh, the confetti and the flowers and everything. So it was it was definitely uh, uh, an event in London. Yeah, if you were over there now, do you think you might be you know, tempted to go to? Well, I know it's by invitation only, but I'm sure, like in the area, a lot of people are flocking there. Would you you know be tempted to go there and be part of the um, you know, spectacle well, or festivity? You know, Rich, I'm not a very big crowd person, and I think my days of of doing that sort of thing are are, are well over. Um, when I was younger, maybe. I mean, it's it's quite fun to be part of a crowd because you get all the crowd dynamics and the excitement of uh, things approaching and things about to happen. But I think these days I might just watch it on television. Yeah, yeah, as you did with um, with you know Charles and and, and Diana. Um, why, why do you think the royal wedding, I guess, uh, actually, if you could extend that to the whole royal family, has there's such universal interest in it? You know, we can see why there would be interest in the United Kingdom, but there's, you know, all this interest here. And as I go online, I see in pretty much countries all around the world, they've been following, you know, you know, the wedding. And why does it have that appeal beyond the United Kingdom? Well, I think everybody likes the sort of good romance stories. So the the, the wedding part of it is uh, has that universal appeal. Um, the royal family uh, have become uh, increasingly popular over the last uh, few decades. Um, I mean, like most things, it goes in cycles. But I think that um, uh, Diana certainly galvanized things. In other words, the royal family, I think, before Diana were thought of as a little bit stodgy and uh, old-fashioned. And I think Diana injected a bit of glamour, say, into it. And, um, of course, when Diana died and they had the state funeral again, that was that was, that was a big event. But I think that the way the royal family um, responded, they responded slowly to Diana's death. But I think that once the once the idea sunk in, I think they became a little a little bit more open. Now, I think within Britain, the royal family is popular because they are completely apolitical and above the, shi- above the system. I mean, the queen is the head of state, so the queen, in theory, can do anything she wants. Uh, but, of course, she doesn't. I mean, we've had um, <laughs> we have constitutional monarchy now for hundreds of years. But I think that people like to see something to be uh, looked at, admired, and respected above governments. I think many countries have a a nominal president, but uh, that certainly doesn't have the continuity of a monarchy. And, of course, Queen Elizabeth has uh, been an outstanding monarch. I don't think anybody uh, who who follows the the royal family in Britain would really have much to quibble with that. So uh, the Queen has been a very good, steadying influence through all the rough and tumble of economic upturns and downturns. She's always there. So I think the royal family has a certain amount of popularity, and I think people throughout the world kind of um, kind of look to that. I mean, it's something completely apolitical. It's not like the uh, uh, a new president arriving in the United States or a new chancellor in Germany or a new prime minister in Britain. Uh, the continuity, I think, appeals to people. It provides stability. Yeah, that's interesting. Something you said um, at the beginning of your remarks kind of led into the next question I was going to ask in the net. Um, 
you see kind of like a break with tradition um, with, you know, with this wedding and maybe, you know, some of the things you were talking about in the aftermath of Diana's death. I mean, if you look at Meghan Markle is, you know, not a member of royalty. She's American. She's mixed race. She's divorced. All things which, you know, wouldn't have happened, you know, maybe in a past generation. Do you see, you know, the royal family kind of, you know, changing with the times? Oh, definitely. And I, I think you can trace this back to Diana. Uh, now, talking about American divorcees, of course, we had uh, in, in the 1930s Wallace Simpson, who uh, right. wanted to marry the, the heir to the throne, who uh, was, was very briefly Edward VIII. And, of course, he had to abdicate because uh, this caused uh, political trouble. Now, that story, of course, people will allude to, but there's, there's actually a whole lot more going on than just Wallace Simpson being an American divorcee. But certainly, I, I, I would speculate that let's suppose that Prince Charles had married a Meghan Markle-type person instead of Diana. I think that would have caused a stir and maybe some political rumblings. But uh, he didn't. He married Diana, who was a minor member of the nobility, but still she counted, I suppose. And I think that rule did probably, it wasn't probably an unwritten rule, but I think it did apply. Then um, I think with Diana's arrival, it became far more palatable for a member of the royal family to marry a commoner. And in fact, uh, I think um, Prince Andrew uh, married somebody who wasn't part of the uh, landed gentry. And so I think the mold was then broken. And um, with Harry, I think that, first of all, he's not the heir to the throne. He's the what they call the spare. You have the heir and the spare. Um, so I think probably there was a little bit more flexibility uh, with Harry. But I think that the, the, this is definitely a sign that the royal family is changing with the times. Okay. What about the um, you know the location of the wedding, Windsor Castle? I mean, that's um, I guess a different choice from where some of the you know previous royal weddings have been. Yeah, I think uh, Charles and Diana married at St Paul's Cathedral, which was in itself uh, um, a strange choice because it wasn't uh, at Westminster Abbey, which is where the, uh, normally that sort of thing takes place. Um, Again, Harry is the uh, is the second. No, in fact, he's third in line to the throne, or maybe fourth, because of course William has children. Um, but uh, so I don't think that a central London, huge, great central London wedding, uh, would uh, would necessarily have been appropriate. It could, uh, I don't know whether this was sort of ordained by protocol or whatever, but it could be that they just wanted a smaller wedding and they didn't want the the, the whole dog and pony show in central London. Right. Um, that that may be. I don't know if it's a protocol issue or whether it was. Uh, a choice by uh, by uh, by the, the couple to marry at Windsor Castle because Windsor, Windsor you know Windsor's a, um, a, a town um, oh, I can't about 20 miles to the uh, to the west of London so it's close enough to London so that if people are interested if Londoners are interested they will flock there and I'm sure they will. Um, 
but um, it's it's hardly a little country church over there. They've got uh, with the castle is as you as you remember you went there. Uh, with the castle is quite an ancient and quite an old and quite a large establishment. Yes, 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 it is. And yeah, I did have the opportunity last summer while we were um, you know working in Oxford to you know travel out there, and it was you know you know very impressive and. Um, Going back and looking at my pictures now, that I know, like I'll see some of those shots in the news as well. Um, do you plan to watch any of the coverage um, uh, this weekend? Well, I might, I've, I've got actually got plenty to do this weekend, including tidying up my front garden. Um, but okay. I will probably watch. The, I will probably watch some of it. I, I I get up early enough in the morning, even on weekends, so I'll, I'll, I'll probably turn it on and 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 see what's going on. And uh, you know, I, I think everybody enjoys a good spectacle. And of course, um, when it comes to this sort of thing, the uh, the royal family are. And, and the people who organize these things uh, know how to put on a good show. So it'll be worth watching. Yeah, and I, I think especially, you know, in this country with the political divide we've had, you know, over the last couple of years, as you are saying, to beginning to watch something that's really non-political. That's, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe that's one of the other reasons why it's, you know, being, you know, so popular with with folks over here it gives them a chance to see something that we're not seeing in the U.S. today. Well, in the United Kingdom is is not different from the United States in in, in respect of political division. I mean, uh, um, politics is is, um, is is a big thing in the United Kingdom, but the royal family is one thing that will unite the country. Now, obviously, in the United Kingdom, there are people who are anti-monarchy and people who are vehemently pro-monarchy, but that's not a debate that really rages very much. But I think everybody sort of agrees that the the royal family is completely apolitical so it will unify people of different political persuasions uh, which is nice um, because uh, it's important that there be something above politics and I think that that's appreciated in Great Britain is that the Queen is always there no matter how badly or how well the economy goes if we are in a state of peace or in a state of war um, what foreign relations look like, uh, whether or not the England soccer team has performed well or badly. Uh, the monarchy is always there, apolitical, above the fray. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, you know, when you think about it, and I guess, you know, we often don't think about it here, but there's that constant there, which, you know, we don't have here. So, um, yeah, well, one last question for Agnes. You said you'll probably be watching some of it. Um, as someone who's you know, from the United Kingdom, for other folks who are going to be getting up early and watching, is there any advice you can offer them? Is there, are there things they should look for in the coverage that, you know, may not be so obvious to them? Well, I'm, I'm not, uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not a, a, a great royal watcher, like like some people sure. know all the all the bells and whistles. I think just watch it for its spectacle value. I mean, the, the, uh, uh, the royal family knows how to put on a good show. They've been doing it for centuries. So uh, I think it'll be nice to watch it. I, I hope the weather is nice in the United Kingdom. I gather that the, the forecast is reasonably good. And, you know, it's always nice to see a crowd enjoy themselves and um, and that they're sort of they're just there all for the same purpose, watching the same thing, and it's a pleasant thing to, to view. Okay, well, great. Well, Giles, thanks for... Um joining us for the podcast today as always your your comments have been like 
interesting, informative, educational, and um, I'll think of you when um, I'm not sure if I'm going to watch. I'm probably going to watch some of the coverage. It's going to be hard not to watch it, but but I'll keep you in mind as I'm watching it tomorrow. So once again, you know, thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Thanks very much, Rich. Thank you for having me. Okay, uh, this is Rich Lee from Tap Integrator OEN. You've been listening to uh, one of our summer podcasts. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll let you know when the next one is. So thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.